It's July the 26th, 2014. This is 508, a show about Worcester. Hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> and today we're on Indian Lake in Worcester with Jim Kirsten. Hi, Jim. Hey, how you doing, Mike? Brendan Milliken. Hi, Brendan. How are you, Mike? Good. I'm Michael Benedetti. And today we're literally on Indian Lake, literally on a tiny floating picnic table. I think this has kind of been our dream all along, starting <laughs> doing shows. <coughs> We're gonna do. From an island. We're gonna do shows part. here every week from now on. Yeah, it's gonna be amazing. Um, we're here in part because Jim lives on the lake, and we're here in part because this lake has been in the news this week. Let me find my. Uh, these guys are on there. This boat talking about the algae issue. Oh yeah. Oh, we were gonna have to start start this again. Oh, are they bringing the beer back? Yeah. All right, we don't have to stop it for the beer. Um, Indian Lake has been in the news this week because of blue-green algae infestation. Is yeah. that right, Jim? It has. It has. Uh, tell me about this. Well, they shut down the lake for um, for swimming and uh, fishing you know, because if you ingest it, you could get quite sick. Okay. Um, and uh, until the levels of it go down, and they're testing it quite frequently, uh, the, the city's working together with the uh, with the state, and you know all the all the neighborhood organizations are kind of are, are getting involved and. And what's going to happen? Like, like at this point, they're sort of hoping that things get get cold and there's some rain, and somehow, yeah, right now all the, the weather, algae go away. Yeah, the weather conditions right now um, are ideal for the algae, so mm -hmm. it keeps kind of growing a little bit. Uh, but if we get a few days of uh, cooler, less humid, uh, rainy weather, uh, it'll flush out a lot of the algae. And um, but the depths of the um, of the lake, are, are, you know, the deepest part here is probably about 20, 21 feet. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, you know, it gets pretty warm for the algae to grow, and um, it's gotten to a point where, you know, they had to close it down. But, um, you know, I think uh, in good time it'll, it'll, it'll open up again. So. Good luck to the lake. Yeah. This is a nice lake. This is a beautiful spot. It's a beautiful spot. What is going on? How are we in Worcester right now? It's so weird. It's funny. We cross that little bridge. Every, you know, whenever I come home from work every day, I cross this. There's a little causeway. Because this, this is Sears Island behind yeah. us. And uh, yeah, it's a, I feel like I'm on like a vacation house almost, uh, you know, coming home from work every day. It's a great place to live, and the, uh, the community down here is, is really second to none. Here they are. Yeah, that's the, those are my neighbors. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Our taxi a, service. <laughs> that is so awesome. Yeah, it's a, I really enjoy it. Well, we're going to talk about other stuff besides Indian Lake on this week's show, too. We're going to talk about the library. We're going to talk about the Wormtown Brewery, the American Antiquarian Society, and, of course, fan favorite... Worcester's boards and commissions. Um, no, we're good. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> and Jim is on the library board, so you'll be especially be helpful here in talking about the library. Um, maybe first of all, we can talk about the Wormtown Brewery. Speaking of beer, you guys aren't drinking Wormtown beer today. No, we should have though. That was that would have been good product placement. Yeah. So the Wormtown Brewery, no, which is which is on Park Avenue and has been on Park Avenue for only a few years now. <laughs> Uh, recently won the 2014 Grand National Championship at the U.S. Beer Open in Atlanta. Uh, first out of 3,000 entrants of all sizes. It's amazing to me that we have the top brewery in the country or something. I can't wait to get at it. Um, it's, I think, yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, to have something on, on, on you know, there were a few different types of their beers that won as well. It did, yeah. Here's, here's what you have. Have you had this beer yet? I've had a few of them. I don't know. Um, I've had the Belgian one. Here's your checklist. This is your checklist. These are the most award-winning beers from Wormtown Brewery. Gold medal winner, Imperial IPA. 
gold medal winner, American IPA. Gold medal winner, French slash Belgian. Silver medal winner, this is what you, the fourth one you're going to have. Silver medal winner, French slash Belgian, Saison. That's fantastic. I mean, to have such a wide variety of things, you know, it's a local thing that's, uh, you know, right down the street on Park Ave. And, uh, you know, they're moving, I think, to what, Shrewsbury Street? Shrewsbury Street, yeah, they're moving out of their uh, location at uh, Peppercorns over on Park Avenue and uh, a solo spot over on Shrewsbury Street. I love this idea of, like, a local business and a local artistic endeavor being, like, nationally mm-hmm. award-winning. And we've actually got some, some we've got a, a, a handful of breweries that are, are coming up as well, too. There's the the old, uh, the bicycle, uh, so I can never remember the name of the place, down off of Cambridge Street. There's a dude that um, is starting a small uh, brewery that the name of it is somehow bicycle related okay it's escaping me right now but um yeah i mean even just the beer scene in general places like the dive and the abbey and whatnot it seems like we've actually had an impact in terms of the craft beer movement uh regionally that's true with 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 the legacy of the dive bar which despite its name is this amazing beer bar of many years now we we definitely have been like a beer city from just from that for a couple we're doing something right good job so i just want to just take a second and look at this view right now I mean, not too many people see that view of Worcester every day. Forever. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, it's a, this, is, this is really is a pretty cool place. So. <laughs> We're getting the tide. The water is coming over our tiny... We're literally on a tiny plastic raft covered in goose craft right now. Uh, <laughs> if Gilligan had this raft, he would have had no complaints at all. It's a great rap. It's a great rap. Um, also this week, or also I guess this month, another amazing thing, another award for Worcester. The American Antiquarian Society, which also on Park Avenue in Worcester, mm-hmm. is one of ten recipients of this year's National Humanities Medal. So uh, uh, the head of the AIS, I guess, is in D.C. this week to get to get this big award. That's amazing. The Antiquarian Society, of course, the world's largest collection of pre-Civil War American printed materials. Right here in Worcester. You know, Worcester's just, it is funny, it is just chuck full of all these little institutions that really have such a wide net and, and you know, they're, they're so unique and valuable to our country. Um, it is, you know, the, the longer you live here and the longer you get involved, and, you know, the more you see and it's really, it's really just an awesome place. This is definitely my experience of Worcester is always that there's always this like I'm always like discovering something that I'm like, how did I not know this? Like a few years ago, uh, my friend Cindy and I made a documentary about the Antiquarian Society, and I had not realized and what a remarkable place it was before that. And I was like, how have I lived in the city for however many years and had no idea what this place really was? Yeah, and if you go around and ask, you know, you know, various people, have you ever been there? Um, they probably they will say most will say no, um, and it's just a, it's this great hidden gem in the city. Yeah. How's it going? What's up? I don't know. I saw that the other day. That wasn't us. No. No. What's up, brother? We're doing a uh, we're doing a little show here for uh, for cable access uh, <laughs> channel thirteen. How's it going? <laughs> um, anyway, I just wanted to recognize the Antiquarian Society for also winning a sweet award this week. Um. Uh, one, 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 uh, I guess, unfortunate piece of news this week is that, uh, our head librarian of our library has left the job for reasons, I guess, unrelated to the library, at least based on press reports. Um, 
And we have had a lot of libraries in recent years, Jim. And you, and you, as a member of the library board, have been part of the. You guys are like in charge of their selection and hiring of the head librarian. Yeah, it's a it's a very unique uh, setup the way it's structured. Um, when Dr. Green, uh, in his in his will that kind of set up a lot of the the funding for the original library, uh, he gave the authority to hire and fire uh, the head librarian to the board of directors, which is appointed by the city council. Okay. So uh, you know we select and we hire and fire. Uh, you know, pretty much a department head of one of the city's, uh, you know, larger departments. Yeah, yeah. So it is It is a little unique. But. So I just want to recap for people who don't follow library stuff what the, what the uh, head librarian situation has been in recent years. Uh, in 2009, Penny Johnson left the job. She had been head librarian for 18 years and a real pillar of that. And I remember people making a big deal about it at the time. And I guess at the time I didn't really appreciate what it was like for somebody to have that job for 18 years. Um, and I don't know how to say any of these people's names. You can correct me, maybe. Lucy Gangoni yep. was the head librarian until March of 2010. So she was for maybe a year, give or take. Mark Contois? Contois. Con- Mark Contois yep. was the ne- librarian then for a couple of years. Wei Jeng Chu was the librarian for a year. Uh, John Whedon was an interim librarian for, again, year, give or take. And then Chris Kornowski, again, recently the head librarian for just a couple of months. And so uh, I guess the question here is, like, are things okay at the library? Yeah, things are, things are great. Um, and, you know, when you read the list like that, it, 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 the perception is a lot worse than the reality. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I sort of want to get your, I want to get yeah. the, I change our lighting here. Sorry, I just got to avoid landmines here. Is that better? <laughs> That's way better, yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> my head is just hitting the sun at the right angle. <laughs> um, you know, if you look at it in what really transpired, you had, um, and, and I'll start, I wasn't on the board from when uh, when Lucy was head librarian, but I can go from, from Mark forward. Um, he came from uh, Framingham, uh-huh. and for whatever reasons, um, he decided to go back. Um, he, you know, he, he liked it there and, and, and wanted to return there, so he did. Um, Way was uh, Mark's associate, and uh, <laughs> holy crap! Oh. All right. Well, now Literally. my shoes are full of water. Flip flops, Mike. Flip flops. I know. I shouldn't have worn these nice shoes. But, oh, whatever. And when Way took over, uh, she gave a commitment to the board of at least one year. She 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 served for like a year and a half, and then. Um, Retired. Okay. Um, and I, you know, I don't think that's anything wrong uh, from an institution where someone can retire from. And uh, and this time was, uh, you know, we thought we had a, a selection for a long-term fit, and it just didn't work out that way. Okay. Um, and you know, you look at all the positives that are going on there. Um, you have the technology that we that we have in the libraries is is really second to none nationally. Um, we have, a, you know, a self-checkout system. We have a self-return system that has rapidly um, increased or decreased the amount of time from when a book is returned and it can go back on the shelf to be re, re, uh, rechecked re, out. Yeah, reborrowed. Um, to the one city, one library initiative. Um, which you, should, you should totally move around to the side of the bench. Or we should switch sides of the bench because right. I cannot see. Your, probably I can see your face, but I just feel like the sun is so weird. Well, actually, I can just let's just sit on the same side of the bench. Right. We'll get you in profile. Hang on. Can I put my foot down there? This is this is professionalism. All right. 
there has been a lot of geese on this on this raft, ladies and gentlemen. We're really not going to show it to you because it's kind of out of control. I'm not wearing shoes either, so that'd be ex- <laughs> a little taste of extra, uh, extra disgusting. But, okay. um, so you were saying... Bill Moyers has lots of goose problems <laughs> on his set as well. Um, and, you know, to the One City, One Library initiative that has opened up... Uh, so far, we opened up three uh, satellite libraries in uh, uh, elementary schools uh, to address the third grade reading level. And, and in the short time they've been open, we've had, you know, huge amounts of uh, patronage. Um, you know, the, the, the test results have, uh, have, have really gone up for the students and the community is really using them. Uh, you know, and so you have a lot of, of vibrancy and activity and innovation that, 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 that's going on at the library. That really, that is the essence of what's going on. Um, you know, this, this wasn't the work of, of one person. It was the work of many. Um, and, you know, that's where we've gotten here and we're just gonna, you know, find the right person this time around, hopefully, and, uh, how, mu- how yeah. much is how much is the stuff uh, is stuff regarding to the relating to the uh, future direction of the library stuff that comes from the head librarian and how much of that is stuff that comes from the board? Uh, the board really sets policy. Okay. Um, and the head librarian is a professional librarian, and, and they know the industry a lot better than we do. Um, and you know, so we really try to hire someone with that vision that can that can advance the library to the next. Um, you know, and it is a changing industry right now. Um, even though you know people are still renting books at, at very high numbers, you have a lot of technologies that are in play. You know, people have Kindles and, and mm-hmm. iPads, and you know you can go online right now and, and rent books from your home. Um, this is something. Well, and Amazon now has just put in a thing where you can get uh, as many books as you need to get for like this is ten dollars a month. I think it's nine ninety nine. It's a subscription based service <clears throat> where uh, similar to like Google Play Music or mm-hmm. um, you know Netflix or whatever. You know something where it, it's all you can eat for a, a one time uh, monthly fee. And they have like six hundred thousand books. Actually, I looked around that they were. There's a lot of books in the world. There were six hundred thousand books that I'm not particularly super excited yeah. about. It's definitely but, a limited service to start. But you know Netflix <clears throat> was very limited to start too. I mean sure. it, in the early days there was not a lot of uh, one content people were looking for and two. Uh, people who even got what the service was about. But I, I think the more folks dabble uh, with services like that to fill in gaps in their own media uh, consumption habits, the more attention gets drawn and the more publishers uh, come on board and are willing to let their products go for what ends up being uh, a pretty significant profit versus what's viewed as a, a loss on the uh, the onset. Well, and i got to say, like as a, as a geeky guy, a guy who's always on the computer, um, you know, for a long time I've felt like, as much as I love the library, the library's kind of going to go the way of the music industry or something. Like, how are you going to compete with an e-book? But there's a ton of people at the library, Jim. There are. I mean, it's not just a place you go to get books. Um, you know, there's there's literacy training there. Uh, there's there's so many services. There's story time for kids. Um, you know, it, it, it really is kind of a community center mm-hmm. with, with all the programming that, that, that's offered there um, and the involvement that it has. And a book is great. Like honestly, I I get books from the library all the time. Like I mean, I, I heavily like use the website. I'm really getting much better at using my library account to make lists, like Amazon style wish lists on the library website. So it's like I'm returning two books. I'll find the next two books on the list and put them on. There. But books are great. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, a bunch of years ago, one of my uncles is he's he's really really handy with things. He knows how mm-hmm. to you know do electrical work he knows how to do carpentry work and I mean he's an attorney by trade so I was you know I asked him I'm like you know he cooks really well I'm like how do you learn how to do all this stuff it's 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 really impressive and he goes goes, look he's like anything you ever want to learn in life is in a book he's like you want to do something or read about it and you'll know how to do it 
Um, and it's been really neat. I mean, I've taught myself a lot from that, but, um, you know. It, it's kind of funny because, in a way, the amount of focus that's been put on uh, the transitions, uh, whether intended or unintended over the last few years at the library, the amount of focus that's been put on the personalities, uh, leadership uh, at the library, in some ways, I think that's almost a good sign that the institution itself is healthy because nobody's really focused on the institution saying it's the institution's falling apart, right? I mean, there isn't really on the surface much to complain about the institution. There's no chaos at the library. There's just, I mean, it's probably, you could probably make a good argument that it's healthier than it has been in a long time. And in some regards, if you look back only a decade or so where funding was more of a concern and uh, the direction of the library was more of a concern, the, the 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 perceived chaos in terms of personnel, it's it might almost be healthy in a way, right? Like people have a need to complain about something, uh, anything at all, and you really can't make any valid complaints about the library. So let's focus on something that, in any other circumstance, would probably be considered normal turnover in a professional environment. I want I want to ask you about uh, sort of future vision stuff at the library because like right now we've seen a ton of changes in the library the last few years like the whole process of checking out and returning a book is for most people definitely different because now you're using you're doing self checkout you're doing self return you can still talk to a person and they're they're there doing it but most people are using the self checkout the whole DVD system is now this crazy robot thing that's like giving yeah. you the DVDs out of slots. Um, now we have these bookmobiles that we've just brought on in recent years. Are there are there big are there other similarly big things on the horizon, or are we stabilized for a little while? Well, I mean, I, I don't think we're ever stabilized in that sense. Um, we're going to keep uh, looking out at, at every other option to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the one city, one library, we, we've started three schools now. We uh, have a fourth and, and kind of lined up, ready to, ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and if this is successful and we can get funding for it. Uh, We'd love to expand it. How does the, how does the one city one library thing work? The library you run a, you partner with the school to help run the school library. Yeah. Um, well, what we've done is um, the we've selected the these four pilot schools. So right now we're open in Tatnick, Roosevelt, and uh, Goddard. And what we do is we we through you know the generosity of a lot of our kind of community partners, whether it be um, you know UMass Medical School really really came up huge with seven hundred thousand um, dollars. Mm-hmm. Harvard Pilgrim stepped up, uh, the Alden Trust, and, and so many other um, kind of community entities really stepped up to, to help fund this. But we go into a, a, a school um, and pretty much gut their library, okay. put all new um, shelves, uh, computers, iPads, a whole new collection of books, mm-hmm. and we staff it with uh, Worcester Public Library librarians. Um, <coughs> and uh, so during school hours, it's a school library, and uh-huh. then um, you know they're, they're secure facilities, so we can lock off the rest of the school and just have um, a community library, um, like a branch library. Um, you mean you mean like a, you mean you don't mean a secure facility like in case of bomb attack? You mean like no, a no. secure facility? Like, like you can't get into like, the school. Like yeah, so you can you can just say like now it's just this part of the library yes. is open, and the rest yeah. of the school we can close right. very clear, clear, cleanly. Yeah. And uh, so that's what we've done. And then um, wait, so which which schools are Tatnick Elementary or Tatnick okay. Magnet, um, uh, Goddard, mm-hmm. and uh, Roosevelt. Okay. And then okay. the fourth one is going to be Burncoat Prep, um, which is you know right on Burncoat Street. So this means that people now would sort of have a neighborhood library again. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Um, and you can return books. You know, if you go to the main library and uh, get a get a book, or you go to Francis Perkins and get a book, you can return it in any, in any one of these. Uh, 
satellite libraries. Or, or uh, you can put a hold on a book. Yeah, you can. You, you know, you order. You can put a hold on a book and have it on Monday and have it there on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, so it, it really is branching our services out, and I think that's that's you know we can't be complacent. And, and even though we've had you know all these successes, um, we really need to t- take these successes and just and just keep keep growing. Um, I, I I really I don't want us to become stagnant in that way. I'm glad you do it. Like I said, every year I think this is the last year I'm going to use the library, and every year I feel like I'm using the library more than before. Our, our, we've had, we rent, uh, we've loaned out last year almost a million um, items. I mean, that's that's huge. Hmm. I wonder what the number one item was. I don't know. 1978 issue of Playboy. Hunger Games. I'm gonna say Hunger Games. Hunger Games. Right. Maybe. I don't know. Now we're gonna wrap up the show. It's it? something that everyone loves to talk about. Boards and commissions. This is a list of the openings on Worcester's municipal boards and commissions. If you want to have a role in advising the city manager on different stuff, or in some of these cases, making like decisions that are binding? In some of these boards, you're making recommendations to the city council, I guess? Is that an accurate summary of what these boards and commissions are doing? The library board, you're hiring and firing the librarian, the head librarian or something? You can well, be on these things. You yeah, I mean, if you, you know, a, a lot of people, uh, you know, if you read the Telegram and Gazette comment board, everyone has their two cents and their opinion, uh, and, they, you know, they're, they're they're quite eager to share it a lot of the time. And You can turn is, that two cents into a nickel. I know. <laughs> yeah, these, uh, you got it. These boards are commissioned. Um, <laughs> and, you know, th- this is really a way in, in to, to, to give back to uh, to your community. And I, I, I really, really enjoy being on the library board. Well, I want to read. I want to read what the what these are, what these openings are. All right. Maybe you guys, if you guys have any comment, you can put in your two cents. I have a nickel. I'm on a board. You got a, you got a nickel. Yeah. We got one one spot open on the advisory committee on the status of women, one on the affirmative action advisory committee, four spots open on the cable television advisory committee. Out of how many? I don't know how many. Has anyone checked to see if we actually have cable? I think maybe out of I don't know. It's it says that it says that there's four spots open and that you have to live in district one, two, three, or four, which means there's probably already somebody in district five on that board. All right. I don't know. There's this. I'm just. This is a paper that the city that the city sent me. One on the citizen advisory council, civic center commission. But this is at the DCU. Uh yes. Yeah. Yeah. One on the commission on disability. One on the Community Development Advisory Committee, or no, sorry, two on that committee. One on the Conservation Commission. Three on the Elder Affairs Commission. Four on the GAR Hall Board of Trustees. What is the GAR Hall? It's the auditorium, isn't it? Um, Granddaughters of the American Revolution. Grand Grand yeah, Army the, something? I, th- I think it's Granddaughters of the American Revolution. Granddaughters of the American Revolution Hall. So you think that's the odd? Could be. I think so. I don't know. You could find out what it is. You can get on the board and you'll know who the GAR hall is. <laughs> Boy, I really don't know that much about Worcester. Five on the health board. The health board has so much power that if they're getting If you get on now. there, can you do something about the geese in India? <laughs> <laughs> you could have a lot to say maybe about this whole blue-green algae fiasco. Two on the historical commission, although one of those people has to live in the Mass Ave Historical District, the other in Montvale. Two on the Hope Cemetery board. Four on the Human Rights Commission. One on the License Commission. You must be a registered Democrat for that spot. One on the Parks Commission, one on the Trust Funds Commission, one on the Worcester Redevelopment Authority. We don't talk enough about the, RE, the RW, WRA on this show, but you could be on it. 
and one on the Zoning Board of Appeals. The Zoning Board, I think, especially a powerful board that, that can have a lot to say about what's going on in the city. Um, you gotta live. Uh, you gotta live in the city, and uh, boy, I don't know. Like, I think the city tries to make it really easy to figure out how to join these boards. Maybe they don't do a good job, but like, you could definitely email us at pineandcoffee@gmail.com, and we could connect you with somebody who's done it if you want to know how to do it. Go or to at the least city's make website. something up and uh, point you in the wrong direction. Yeah, or just go to the city's website or talk to people who you know who've been on this thing. So you said you this has been a good experience. Oh yeah, I've loved it. I mean, uh, you know, we've had we've had a lot of successes and. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of really really dedicated people that work at the library, and, and just you know being a part of that to, to help support them is really uh, is, is really rewarding, and uh, it's a good place. I tell you, there's things about the way the city's run that frustrate me, but I fundamentally admire everyone who serves on the city council and everybody who serves on boards and commissions because we got to do this kind of work if we're going to have a democratic government that's run by the people, and these are the people who are stepping up to say like, hey, I want to help run the library i want to help run the city yeah it's just you know it's, it's your little part and um you know there there are so many um just dedicated public servants that actually do this for you know as a profession they do it every day um you know i i go i have feet like are we coming I have, up another I have, uh, the waves are coming in again uh, if i fall into this uh, lake with this camera it's not gonna be fun <laughs> <laughs> This is very disturbing. Yeah, that was. <laughs> um, anyway, this is a, this they, is. They the, were right when they almost didn't let us off. This is the way that I love that I love to do a show where we're just sitting here talking about like people should volunteer for ah watch <laughs> out. <laughs> anyway, well, Jim, thanks for being on the show. Is there anything that you're excited about in Worcester that we haven't talked on the show today? Anything in particular? Uh, no, I think uh, you know there's a lot going on in Worcester, um, and I, yeah, you know I'm excited to see. Uh, you know when the selection comes out for the next city manager, hmm. that'll be pretty interesting because uh, you know to see what direction it kind of takes the development and the redevelopment of our city. And um, I just hope the person has expertise in getting rid of green yeah. blue algae. And yeah, well, this is something so. we should mention too, right? Is which is that I guess according to the schedule, the city council this week met with the hire the company that's was is helping do this hiring of the new city manager yep. and and looked at the list of candidates that they had and they sort of had one to one to one meetings with each city councilor looked at the list of candidates the city councilor was were like these are the people I like these are the people I don't like and now they're going to have another round of do you know work if those are public at all I haven't seen anything huh. nothing no, I mean I, all I know is from reading the reading the plan according to the plan nothing didn't say anything about them being public I mean part of the plan is to have them uh, like the short list Definitely to interface with neighborhood groups and yeah. everybody in the world. So uh, not only will they be public, but probably there'll be a ton of opportunities for people to uh, to talk with uh, all the city before managers. Before you get to the, that list of finalists, if, if whether or not the list of councilor favorites or whatnot would be public at some point in time. I don't know. Well, I guess we could ask the councilors. We'll find out. We could find out if, they, if they're willing to talk about that or not. I don't know. Anyway, this is an amazingly beautiful spot, if dangerous. Spot. I'm going to be honest with you, Mike. The novelty of uh, this island has begun, to, not that island, but the island we're presently <laughs> on has begun to warm, wear off, and uh, I'm more interested in finding out where our, uh, our ride home is, is coming back. <laughs> I, I don't know see, where he is. I don't see any boats. Oh, there he is. How far in the distance? Yeah, we got a ways to go. Well, here they come. Well, anyway, Jim, gonna have to block Jim Kirsten of, of the Library Board and of Sears Island. Thank you for being on the Five Boys Show. Well, thanks for bringing your show down here. Brendan Melican of West Katnick, thanks you for being on the show. Send the Coast Guard.
if you're watching this at home. And I am Michael Benedetti. Uh, if you have any comments or questions or stuff you want to send me, um, you can email us at pieandcoffee at gmail.com. We appreciate your attention and your uh, feedback on Facebook and on other parts of the web. Everybody, don't swim in this lake, but maybe you could come out and enjoy it for a little bit this the end, tail end of the summer. From Indian Lake, this is the Five Way Show. The sun is going down. See you guys next week. Bye-bye.